today on The Breakdown. It's the final table of the U.S. Poker Open event number one. There's three players left, and it's not just any three players. It includes David Peters and Justin Bonomo. That's just in time, Bonomo. <laughs> I don't know, people. I don't even know anymore. And they're going to play a hand that was suggested by Hall of Famer Max Sawyer. This hand is, is pretty interesting, and it involves two-thirds of the chips in play in the entire tournament. A whole lot goes down right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. This is the first time that you've ever mentioned who suggested the hand yeah. in the opening. I know. Wow. I was trying to. I was trying to hype it. That means Max Sawyer has reached goat status. I think I, he is in play. I yeah. have to admit, he's had so many great suggestions lately. Feels like we're always doing a Max Sawyer hand. Where have you gone, Ben Page? Yeah. Where have you gone, Brian? With a Y, you know, goats have passed. Although it is hard to compare. Guys of different eras. Yeah, you know? I know. Like the stats are way different. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, have to, you have to find some sort of way to rectify the difference in play style. And, you know, like you need to like the, the per 75 numbers and stuff like that. It's really hard to know who the goat is anymore. But Max Sawyer is at least in the conversation. He's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. And it kills me to say it. You know, it kills me. It does. And but it's Mount Rushmore. And there's a, an interesting analogy here because David Peters and Justin Bonomo are both vying for that same Mount Rushmore of tournament poker. You know what I'm saying there? Oh yeah, everyone everyone thinks that. <laughs> I mean, I think they I think they do, right? I mean, they think David Peters is like a top four all tournament poker. I think David Peters is a guy who's like a couple good breaks away from being considered one of the best of all time. Yeah, one of the best of all time. Yeah. Wow, you just lost your mind, son. You lost the best you. of all time. He's a couple of good breaks away from being considered a top three player currently. How about best of all time? David Peters, come on. I said one David of Peter, I said one David of the Peters best. is on my side on this. I said one of the best of all We time. were talking about the Mount Rushmore, which means the top four guys. That's the Mount Rushmore. Do you, do you know what his total live earnings are? I don't care. 32.7 million. You overrate live earnings. That is that is a classic Grant Denison thing. Seriously, you do. Like we did a we did a podcast that has, I believe, come out by now, where we were talking about I don't remember the guy's name. It was some guy we didn't know. And yeah, you yeah. were, and he had two million in live earnings, and you were, you were kept referring to that as, um, as like part of his like way we know he's probably pretty good. And admittedly, of course, that's that's a reasonable thing. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Of course, but he was making he made, if I recall, two horrible decisions in the hand, including calling a button raise with king six suited and thirty blinds in the small blind. Um, he did another thing that was really bad, and and so I started to like be like, who else has two million in live earnings? I wonder. Well, I found one guy who does. You know who it is. It's Mike Dentali. Yes. Yes. Mike Dentali. Wow. You're, yeah, that's right. You're being kind of a dick today. Huh? I'm just saying like 2 million live earnings. These, these live earnings things are really questionable because we don't know. Like so much of it goes to how many are they playing? What are the size buy-ins? David Peters is playing 100Ks and stuff like that. He is obviously one of the best players in the world. Do not get me wrong. But 32 million in live, in live earnings to me doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. And I think that's reasonable. Okay, 32 million is fourth all time, which, I mean, like, that's something. That is something. It's something if you play all the 100Ks. It's really hard to rack up 32 million. He plays million all the 100Ks. It's he's really hard to rack up 32 million in buy ins. He's a really good player, and he, he plays all the big events, right? All of them. All right. of them. Like, so, I, all I'm saying is Bonomo and Peters yeah. are, and I think you're not arguing Bonomo. I'm not. Right? And Absolutely not. Because that's based on like one year of results, right? Like a year and a half now, but yeah. Also, you know, does, some, does something internally based on watching David Peters tell you that he's not capable of that year? 
In fact, I'm the guy who, when we were talking about who's next, I, he's the guy I picked. Okay. So I totally think he's capable. So why of are you it. shitting all over his face? Because you said like, he's a couple of breaks away from being thought of as one of the best of all time. Yeah. How many, how many people are in this mythical best of all time train that you're thinking of that David Peters is now on the train? How many? For tournament poker? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, obviously, era does matter. But I sure. think there's probably something like 15 players, something like that, that would be in the conversation. I guess if David Peters has a huge year, he could be in that conversation for 15. But when we're talking, but I was using the term Mount Rushmore, which means we're talking like top four, top five. Yeah. David Peters is more than a big year away from that, in my mind. Really? Like, if, he if could David Justin Peters Bonomo has- the hell out of it. He's not going to be seen as a top five all-time tournament player, in my mind, at it, all. And I don't think the world will see him that do way. Do you think either. Bonomo is seen as that? Um, I think he's knocking on the door, but I don't think he's there yet. So who is your top four? It's a great question. It's really hard to answer because of the era stuff. But I think uh, I have my top four and I have the world's top four. We're talking about no limit hold'em tournaments. Of course. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. I could go so many different ways with this now that I'm even thinking about it. But if I had to make a list right now, we're doing my top four, not the world's top four. Is that correct? You're subjective based on what you know about the player and and how you like based on plays you've seen them make plus their results. That sounds reasonable. Um, Vanessa Selps is in my top four. Interesting. Um, Fetter Holtz is in my top four. Um, I'm going to break my brain trying to do this really well, honestly. Uh, who else is legit in the top four? I have to, I'd actually have to sit down and really do this. I'd like come to come up with a list of 10 and then like eliminate them. Uh, David Peters is not on the list of 10. I'll tell you that. Okay. There's no way he's on the list of 10 right now. He, if he had a huge year, he might make the, then there'd be, you know, he might be like, so he might be like on that list and then not make it. That's what I think he would be. Okay. I don't know why you're so down on the old DP. I'm not. It's you I, think you're, like I think he, you're too up on him. You don't like how he looks? <laughs> is that what it is? I never have a problem with how anybody looks. That's not true. Wow. You often, you often on poker time, There's are commentating no mostly on just appearance. There's <laughs> no evidence. Most, no evidence of that. There's a lot of evidence. There's zero evidence. I defy anyone in the world to prove that, and they can't. <laughs> okay. Follow me around. See what I do. Nobody, would, nobody wants to do that. That's why you're free rolling it. It's a nice free roll. All right, let's let's move on. All right, so you're too low on David Peters. It's fine, um, and maybe too high on Justin Bonomo. I think that guy's classic sucks. Grant results oriented talk. Oh geez, wow, you're you're really grinding my gears today, Lovey. Good. All right, can we agree that of the people in the world, it would really suck if we you know signed up for the main event and we're like okay it's going to be a nice first table and then david peters is at your table you're like well that's one of the worst possible outcomes. i would be sad yeah i'd be sad if david peters justin bonomo vanessa selps Federholtz, and a bunch of other guys there's like a solid 40 guys i'd be like oh man you know by the way i did have at my table i guess it was uh was it Ben Yu who was at my first uh, World Series main event table? Or was I don't it know. The other it, was, guy? it was your life, not it mine. It was Ben. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, he's a kid who won the Players. I think he won the Players Championship this year. <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that guy, I played with that guy in a 3K. That was, but, you know, he was on like my Like small. Yeah, small, very small Yeah, person. yeah, that kid. Yeah, he's good. Anyway, David Peters also good. Justin yeah. Bottom also good. Very good players. Don't want to play against these guys. Um, so, yeah, this is a 10K buy-in U.S. Poker Open event. This is like the the snack before the uh, before the whole enchilada, right? That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, you're quoting Ali Najad, of course. Of course, I am. Basically, everyone knows that <laughs> I'm quoting him. Yeah, everybody gets that. <laughs> you a little sleepy today? I'm like, doing great. I feel like you got like a sleepiness. All right. So Max Sawyer suggested this on Twitter. By the way, that's mm. where you got to suggest Twitter. Uh, don't do it on a YouTube. You know, 
we got a lot of suggestions on YouTube and sometimes we comb through there, but not really. It's like unlikely that you're going to get, I mean, up. less and less we comb through there. Like just put it on Twitter, like a normal human. Okay? Yeah. We're the poker guys on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, fine. Too make, bad for you. Just make one. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's free. It's easy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Max source just on Twitter. He of course included a, not a link because it's poker go, but if it's a YouTube thing, which usually it's going to be a YouTube thing, include a YouTube link and a timestamp. If it's a poker go hand, tell us what episode it is and when it starts. That's can they what, not actually, is there not an actual link that they could then copy and paste? They could probably do a link actually. That's probably better. Cause I know sometimes you have to go looking for it. And it's hard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think Excuse a link me. is a little bit better. Um, Anyway, so this tournament is not the huge money that these guys are often playing for, but, you know, it's real money. It can buy stuff. Uh, I mean, I think these guys are all hyper competitive anyway. True. And U.S. Poker Open has a point system for, like, player of the, the purple jacket mm. for player of the series. That's, oh, that's, the, poker that's Masters. the Masters. But the Poker Open also has some version of that, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I wouldn't know. Anyway, um, first place is 190K. And I don't really know what third and second are, but I'm assuming there's something like... Don't, one, don't assume I have it. I can tell you exactly what those answers are, my friend. Okay. Uh, third place is $88,400. Second place is $136,000. Oh, it's actually a little bit closer together than I expected. Um, all right. So the third guy, I think, is an amateur. He is. His name is Boutros Nadim, and he is absolutely an amateur. I read a little bit about him when I was reading the recap for this while you were writing everything yeah. down. He has been uh, apparently playing the entire tournament like sort of a crazy man, uh, just like getting in a lot of pots, doing lots of crazy stuff. Um, he shoved all in on the turn when they were at this final table and Steven Savrel, who's good, uh, called him with third pair and a gut shot. Like for, and, and that's how Nadim got here. Basically he got this huge double, but like, that's the kind of guy he is that they're like, Oh, the amateur, like really doesn't have to have it. Like, yeah. You, so, well, nonetheless, he is the short stack with 1.8 million at the 70 K big blind level. Peters is, is the chip leader with 2.775 million and Bonomo is in second with 2.2 million. Okay. And uh, somehow this crazy guy folds on the button, so I guess he didn't have a very good hand. I guess not. Maybe when they're three, maybe not they're three-handed. He's like taking it a little more like seriously and stuff too, you know. Yeah, maybe the money's real now. Yeah. Um, Peters is in the small blind, and he limps with six five of spades. Do you think this is part of a limping strategy or I, it's hand based? I would guess it's a limping strategy. Yeah. So I'd you'd be shocked if it wasn't limping aces sometimes too and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, I would fully expect that. Bonomo has 2.2 million, as I said, in the big blind, uh, 70K big blind. So it's not like they're super deep. Bonomo has just over 30 blinds. And he raises to 210K with King Jack offsuit. So not much to say there, right? King of Clubs, Jack of Diamonds is pretty standard. Seems pretty regular. Sucks if you get three bet, but Peters doesn't have a ton of three bets, probably. I mean, he's got, you know, if he's got a limping strategy, he's probably got a fair amount of three bets. But whatever like yeah. he's mostly doesn't like you're saying he's got some folds he's got some he's got folds calls and three bets and this stands a little too good to fold right i mean and a little too good not to raise basically something. if you're checking back king jack in the big blind here that means the limping strategy is really working on you and you're getting owned yeah or, or you know you're doing a disguising thing sure. but mostly you should be raising this hand yeah. for sure right for sure um so 210k it's now three blinds to peter's probably can't fold this hand even though they're he's out of position and they're not that deep what do you think i five, think there's five, no six, no folding yeah this is a hand you're we're limp calling this is part of the limp calling range for yeah. sure unless bonomo like six x's it or something yeah absolutely absolutely right although think, if bonomo six x's it maybe we're like you know what bonomo 
Have some of this. I'm all in. I'm David Peters, one of the four best players of all time. (laughs) But like, that's the kind of hand that actually doesn't play too badly as a big re-raise. But but I think, yeah, in this relatively small raise, this is a super standard call most of the time. Yeah, I agree. I think we just have to be be mindful of, of sizing at all times. Like when we're talking about stuff on this podcast, we're like, Oh yeah, you have to call with five, six yeah. of spades in this spot. Not if, not if the guy makes it six X, you know, then you can fold. Yeah. Right. Um, but it is three X and Peter's calls and the pot is 490,000 tournament chips. Yes. Tournament chips are available on nitrogen sports poker room. They will sell them to you. Yeah. For at a, at a markup for buy-in. Yeah. There's a little bit of a markup. That's true. <laughs> um, but that's true of everybody. Uh, yeah. and nit- but nitrogen sports has something that's not a markup and that is our monthly tournament that you have to use the link in the description to sign up for nitrogen if you want to play in. And that tournament is the opposite of a markup. It is nitrogen giving away money month after month. Like they don't have any sort of financial professionals working for them. Basically. It's like, you know, um, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. It's like that. They're just diving around in all their gold, <laughs> swimming around, no idea what's going on. <laughs> they're just chucking it at people, and you're the people who get the gold chucked at you. Yeah. Because basically your buy-in is worth 14 buy-ins when yeah, you buy somehow. in. And that's because they guarantee 1,000 buy-ins. It's a pretty small buy-in. It's a 0.1 millibit buy-in. But they guarantee 1,000 of those, which is 100 millibits. And uh, we only ever get about 80 players, 70, 60 sometimes. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's smaller a lot of the time. So... It's like you went to the World Series of Poker main event and they're like, oh, $10,000, that's your buy-in. Okay, we're just going to put in 13 more buy-ins for every person that buys in and that'll be in the prize pool. Yeah, they're going to put another $130,000 in the prize yeah. pool. every. Does that sound good to you? That should sound good to yeah. you. Yeah, so you should probably get on nitrogen and get you some poker. That's yeah. what I'm getting at here. Yeah, that's the that's a subtext. Yeah, they also have sports betting, of course, and they have casino games. They are a Bitcoin-only site, and they don't mess around with that Bitcoin. If you withdraw it, they give it to you in 90 minutes. I have not heard of that from any other site. I have experienced other sites. They don't do it. They really don't. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. They do it in like 48 hours, 72 hours, a week, never, you know. All yeah. those are options for the other sites. They're all worse options. Not nitrogen. 90 minutes. Get on there. Get you some poker. Get on there. Get you some poker. You really contributed to nitrogen sports. <laughs> you, you were a major <laughs> contributor there. All right. 490 K in the pot. We got the five, six of spades in the small blind for David Peters. Bonmo in the big blind has raised with the King Jack offsuit. Flop is three of hearts, four of hearts, 10 of spades. Nobody has a heart in their hand. Mm. So Peters flops open ended. This is not a nightmare flop for Bonmo, but it's not what he wanted to see. Uh, it's not. I mean, you generally want to hit, you know, one of your cards. Well, that, that's a good, yeah. a big draw or, or like an ace or queen high board would be even reasonable for him to continue like on. Queen deuce deuce would have been a lot better. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Even like seven, five, five, although it would be bad. would be a reasonable thing yeah. for it. This is like, like, I don't really have a whole lot of that. I have right. some tens. I have some over pairs, but not a huge amount, you know, right. It's not great. And also Peter's range includes a lot of continues. If Bonomo decides to see bet, he's got, Heart draws, he's got gut shots, he's got a bunch of different one-pair hands. And, and Peters may, may play a bunch of those aggressively, which means if, if Bonomo bets, he may shut himself out of uh, off the, you know, out of the hand. Where, like, there's a lot of good turn cards for him. Like, yeah. not any, anything nine or higher is basically a good turn card for Bonomo. Yeah. I mean, not a 10. Okay. But besides That's that. That's true. Yeah. Um, Peters checks. Is there any argument to lead? I don't think so. I want... Like, I, some part of me wants to lead, but... 
I don't think there's a reasonable argument to lead, really, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, you don't really have that much value on this board if you lead. You didn't raise preflop, so you are unlikely to have a set of 10s. No, you have like a 10. That's yeah. what you have when you lead or a draw, right? Yeah. That's it. Or maybe 3-4 suited. Um, okay, maybe. But it's weird to lead 3-4 suited a little bit. But yeah, you could do it. But like, there's just not much there. Um, if we're leading a 10, I think we can't fold. Which yeah. is then we put ourselves in all these super weird spots where Bonomo has to be really losing his mind bluffing if he decides to like, you know, just put all his chips in at some point when he doesn't have anything, which is possible, of course. Um, but a lot of the time we're just going to be like, well, we have queen 10 here and we lead like what, every time Bonomo gets his chips and he often has us crushed. It's not well, good. If we think this is a board texture that Bonomo is going to check back a lot of the time, yeah, that's a good reason to lead. That is a good reason to lead. And this is a board texture, texture I would expect Bonomo to check back. Now, because of the nature of the blind versus blind action, he may, and actually just the fact they're three-handed, everyone's so much wider than they would normally be. Um, although blind versus blind, it's always going to be like that, right? But like, so maybe Bonomo has more pieces of this than we would assume. Maybe. So maybe he's got a few less checkbacks than we would assume too. I don't know. Perhaps. Like, certainly if Bonomo opened in middle position or early position or anything close to that, I would think he's checking back this board a huge amount of the time. This is similar to opening an early position, kind of, like choosing to raise out of the big blind when the small blind limps, I, I feel. Not, not like early position in a full ring, but it's like opening in the hijack, at least, you know? I guess something like that. I mean, Bonomo might just have some super weird bad hands here, too, which he's not going to have so much in the hijack. But yeah, you're not crazy. That's yeah. a good point. Um, anyway, Peters decides to check. I wonder if he would be check raising or if it feels like you can't rep enough on this board to check race. I mean, it all comes down to, I mean, there's already eight, like nine blinds in there, right? Yeah. And if Bonomo bets like four blinds, that's 13. And Peter started with, or Bono, the effective stack Bonomo started with like 30, right? Uh, he started with just over 30. Yeah. I would think, I would think there's a lot of raises here for, uh, for Peters. There's seven blinds in there, by the way. Seven? Yeah. Didn't bottom four exit? Three. Uh, oh, I thought he was doing four, three on top of the blind that was already in there. My bad. His big blind. I said three X, yo. You should know what that I means. I just wasn't listening, I guess. Yeah. Classic levy. I was thinking about where does David Feeders really sit in the, <laughs> the overall poker firmament? Yeah. Third, probably. The answer is in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> that's right. not true um so anyway okay so there's seven blinds in there that makes actually me then that that sets up some weird stack size stuff actually um check raising feels a little bit awkward right if bonwell bets another three blinds we make it nine and a half and if he shoves we have to fold that sounds awful it does so we're gonna have to check call a lot this is actually a reason to lead we could lead with the intention of moving in if we get raised yeah which also sucks by the way but sometimes bottom was not going to have it when right it and when you when you get called you usually have clean eight outs oh yeah yeah you'd expect you have clean eight outs yeah the thing is everyone calls so much now and don't and raises so little post-flop that I don't know if there's a like this whole like I'm gonna lead so Bonomo can raise so I can move in like is Bonomo really gonna raise very much? He's just not. He's not. He's like calling almost his entire range when he isn't folding. Like very little. He has very few raises in him on the flop. I, think. I mean, I think if you lead, you're basically setting up a triple barrel if you miss mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I think so. Depending on the cards that come yeah, off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which isn't a horrible idea with this hand. I don't think because mm-hmm. you have six high. Yeah, and Bonomo doesn't have to have it as we see as king high. But obviously, it's better than six high right I think, now. I think, though, since we decide to check, the plan should be to check call and uh, hope good things happen. And good things could be bottom of checks back the turn. Good things could be we improve. Yeah. Um, both those things are pretty reasonable 
that we'd expect, assuming Bonomo, if Bonomo bets this flop. Well, he doesn't. Bonomo checks it back. Yeah. I think just because there's too many things that Peters can continue with, I think that might be the main reason mm-hmm. that Peters would have called. I mean, Peters has some folds. He has like queen nine and suited and hands like that, I suppose, but so be it. Mm-hmm. So Bonomo checks back. The turn is a good one for young Justin. It's the jack of clubs. Yeah. Bonomo improves the top pair in what is very likely to be the very best hand. I mean, most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's hard for it not to be with the king jack. Um, now Peters is going to lead. Yeah. Do you think this is a bad card to lead or a neutral card to lead or a good card to lead? I think it's a neutral card. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think anything higher than this is a tougher... Like a king or an ace is pretty clearly a bad card to lead. Yeah, I agree. Um, a queen is... A queen ain't great, but it's you could consider it. And I think a jack is just barely okay. Like, yeah, okay, sometimes he hits a jack, but mostly doesn't have a jack in his hand and mostly doesn't have a 10 in his hand. And I mean, he's got some ace highs and he's got some, you know, some smaller pairs and stuff. But like, I think as David Peters, it's time to try and win this pot. And also we can build the pot for when we improve, when we make the nuts on the, the river, you know? Right. Peters leads pretty big, by the way. He bets 375 into 490. I kind of like that, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're all in this uh, paradigm of like, bet small, bet small, bet small for the most part. And uh, the fact is like, you're going to like when, when Bonomo checks back the flop and this Jack comes, not always by any means, but a fair amount of the time, Bonomo's going to have some straight draws now if he doesn't have a pair. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like charging him for those straight draws makes it harder on Bonomo. And I, I kind of like that. So when Peters leads this size, what do you think his value is? You think it's just jacks and tens and sets? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's betting two sevens for value. I'm not that he really has two sevens, but like ace four for value or something. Or three five suited or something like that. Seems weird to bet this size for value on that card. Like I expect him to to be checking a baby pair, check calling a baby pair. All right. So what is Peter's value? Let's just figure this out real quick. I mean, I know Justin's not folding, but I think it's interesting to figure out his range. Anyway, sets of threes and sets of fours, which he'll probably play sometimes like this once in a while. Yeah. Not too often though. Not too often. He's not going to check call sets like pocket pairs very often with, with 30 blinds effective. I don't think limp call. You mean limp call? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think not, not a ton, but sometimes he will. Okay, just for for the sake of balance, there's probably at least a little bit of Yeah, but we're not too worried about sets of threes and fours no. as Justin. Or set, any sets at all as yeah. Justin, we're just not worried about. So what jacks and what tens does Peters have? If you're being Peters and saying, like, is this a reasonable thing for me to represent? Yeah. Like, jack eight suited? Yeah, absolutely. Jack eight suited, jack nine, maybe even jack nine off. Maybe. Um, certainly jack ten, yeah. queen jack. Um, I don't know. It's possible Peters can have ace jack and king jack here also. Yeah, I, once we get to queen jack, I'm starting to feel like that's a lot more likely to be preflop raises if Peters doesn't have an entirely limping strategy. I would guess he does. I don't think players really have that that frequently anymore. No. I think there's going to be some balance there, not like 100% limps. I mean, you can't just raise all your king jacks and queen jacks right. if you're limping all your five, six suited. No, I, I agree. Out, I think he's going to raise some of each. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so he's got those, then tens. He has like eight, ten... Certainly, I think a lot of a lot of he's got probably even some worse suited jacks. Like he probably has jack seven suited. Also, probably right? um, ten seven suited, jack seven suited. Um, any better suited ten for sure, and probably ten nine and up for offsuit. Right? I don't know if yeah. he has ten eight. He probably does. Ten eight's the only question mark for me. So yeah. he's got he's got some. Of he's these got things. some. But 
his reign is the main hand that Bonomo should be worried about right now with King Jack is Jack 10, which is an unlikely yeah, hand. I agree. That is the that and three four are like the only two real hands that should be any actual concern. Right. And three four suited only. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's a great spot. By the way, of course, we block Jack 10. It's a good spot for Bonomo. He's got to think like I'm almost always ahead. Is there any argument for raising then as Bonomo to try to just like make sure the scarecrow doesn't come off and he gets max value against a Jack or a 10, which Peters might hold on with? I just don't know that Peters is really holding on. You know, it's hard. I mean, I just don't know what Peters is doing if, if we raise. If and Peters has Queen Jack, you think he's folding to a race? Queen Jack, exactly. He probably is not. Jack 8, even? How about any 10? The 10s might fold. Well, there's more 10s than there are Jacks. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, Peters bet big. He did size it up. True. I'd hate to be in one of these spots where the only hands we get action from are like, a few jacks that are worse than ours in all the better hands. I don't know if that's the case, but I would be, I wouldn't love that. We were in position. There just aren't that many better hands. I mean, like, I mean, I think it's bottom. We just shouldn't worry about scare cards too much. Like I'm not worried about our hand in scare cards. I'm worried about Peter's not being able to pay off a river bet in scare cards. But what scare cards are going to come besides an ace or a king or a queen? I mean, that's it, right? Hearts. I mean, okay, but Peter's is going to usually pay off anyway. If he's got a jack or a 10, we're blind versus blind. Usually, usually, I suppose. Like we can have other things like we can have king queen here and we can have ace queen and we can, you know, we can have things that absolutely are calling the turn. But I mean, I think there is some benefit to, to raising here that you as Bonomo are very likely to, to be ahead. Yeah. Right. Like Peters has mostly worse jacks, tens, three, four suited is only three combos. We'll give him like one and a half combos of sets because preflop makes it unlikely. And jack 10 is going to be eight combos. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be less than that. It's going to be six Two combos times three. Yeah, six combos. six combos of Jack Ten. So it's not like a ton of combos that we're worried about as Bonomo that are beating us, mm-hmm. and we're fine with paying those off anyway, right? Just ba- this is like a cooler at this point. If Peters has Jack Ten, I mean, we're fine with paying it off, but we probably wouldn't have to pay all of it off. You know, like we wouldn't have to get it all in. If he has Jack Ten on the river, like- as I just you know I, I think okay. So there's the two the two stage benefit of of. The scare cards don't come that scare Peters off of paying off, and the scare cards don't come that actually make Peters beat Bonomo if Bonomo sizes it such that the draws aren't supposed to call or they make a bad play, mm-hmm. you know, in order to stay in the hand. Well, let, let's ask this question. If, if Bonomo raises here, what, what is his range? Like, not just his value range, his range. His range. Yeah, like, and let's assume he's not just raising any two air cards here. Like, right, let's assume course. he's he's Bonomo, he's got, he's raising with equity, you know, he's raising, like, if he's raising, it's a semi-bluff kind of a thing, you know? If he's, he's got some checkbacks with flush draws, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So maybe those that turn into combo draws. Um, probably king-queen. King-queen of hearts. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, and maybe just all king-queens. Uh-huh. And then probably some over pairs that checked back a little bit and some sets that might check back mm-hmm. and maybe Jack 10 that checks back. Okay. So, all right. So those hands all have pretty good equity. Yeah. Even if we have a Jack, like if Peters has a Jack, yeah, yeah. Peters has a Jack. Sorry. Um, obviously King queen, we're, you're in good shape. If you're Peters, you kind of want him to have King queen there yeah. of all the things you just laid out. Right. But King Queen is doing okay. You know, you got six plus eight. You got 14 outs, even as King Queen. Um, and that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Or, or in some ways, the best case scenario, I guess, if you're Peters, right? Right. Just saying, like, I don't know how we're really doing against this range here. So you think Peters should fold a jack if Bonomo raises here? 
Um, if it's a bad jack, I think you should consider folding. I think you obviously can't fold everything. Yeah. So you get into a thing of like, well, is this like one of the, if this is one of the better hands I have, I guess I just, against a guy like bottom, I just cannot fold. Right. So if queen jack is probably too good, um, jack eight, I'm not sure about. I just don't know what you're supposed to do with a hand like jack eight, where, where Peter's, where it really falls for Peter's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Justin's, I, I feel like certainly it's not standard to raise. No, I agree. Spot. Um, when Peter sizes it up to this degree, also bottom may just really not want to be making a sort of a huge mistake when he's in position and can make sure like if Peter's checks the river, he can bottom can still bet, you know, yeah. if he's out of position. I think it's a more of a consideration. And of course there are some scare cards. There always are some scare cards, but there aren't that many to be super afraid of. Yeah. I, I think a call is probably better. Yeah. I, I just want to explore it. I often want to explore one pair raises because it's so easy once you get to a certain level of poker to just kind of ubiquitously say like yeah. raising one pair post flop is a bad play. Yeah. And that is a good kind of catch all. And if you go by that, you're better off than if you're raising one pair all the time post flop. But really what it means is you can only raise a very certain part of your range. And if you're raising one pair post flop, you're raising far too much of your range. That's really all that it means. And it, there are some scenarios where you should be raising one pair post flop. Yeah, absolutely. I will say this, and this is just personally, like, so I don't raise top pair very often or yeah. one pair. Like I raise one pair as a bluff sometimes, but that doesn't count. That's right. not what we're talking about. Um, but like raising top pair for value, which I do a little bit. Um, I mean, I, the situations are always like crystal clear. So I don't think I've ever had a problem doing it. I think it's always a winner for me. But I do it very, very rarely too. Like I can think of like, you know, it's like just, it's, it's, it's too rare. Yeah. I would say it's too rare. So this is something, so even as I'm sort of like saying, well, it's, I'm giving you all these reasons not to do it. I feel like I personally, and probably this is true for a lot of the listeners too, um, want to be at least more thinking about it than I probably do and am. Cause like that, I'm just thinking back to like in a world series event where I raised top pair on the river, for example, yeah. and got called in one, you know? Yeah. And, and I like everything like just fell in the line perfectly. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is a clear raise. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I think I'm going to get called by a worse hand. And I, and I did. Right. Um, I guess so often it's, it's more murky than that. And it feels like, you know, the ranges aren't as, as so obvious and I'm not, so I'm probably missing an edge here and there, you know, where it's like, probably it should be a raise, but I'm just not going to take the chance, you know? And I get that in some ways in no limit tournaments, like often that's the, the better, you know, discretion is often the better part of valor, but still you can't pass up too many edges too often. Otherwise you're just going to be another, another guy with a chip stack who goes out in the middle of the tournament, you know? Yeah, that is accurate. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah, don't, don't go around raising one pair all the time, but if, if a scenario happens where it seems to make sense, then like if sizing tells you that it's okay to do it for value type mm-hmm. of thing, like I had a hand in the main event against a very good player where he did a lot of exploitative sizing that was like a little bit too obvious for a good player, but he opened the cutoff. I just flatted ace king in the big blind. Um, the flop was, I think it was ace queen four, then a seven, then a deuce no no flush came in he bet flop and he bet river and the way he bet river was as if he were trying to get called by a queen so mm. i could like kind of easily put him on a one pair ace hand and like if i he'd seen me play enough to, that he definitely thought i had moves so yeah. i thought i could get paid so i raised pretty big and he paid me off with ace 10 yeah you know and it's like all the things fell into line perfectly like my image that he had perceived his sizing being a little bit obvious you know all that stuff spots like that you just can't give you can't give it up you know yeah you have to raise one pair sometimes post flop yeah. for value. Totally. Yeah. Now this might not be one of those spots, but I wanted to explore it. Yeah. I think it isn't. I think part of it is the sizing that Peters is doing. Um, but it is a really interesting question. And 
I don't even know what would happen if Justin raised, by the way. Yeah. Peters could fold. Peters could call. Peters could move in, depending on the size of Justin's raise, right? Mostly, I, doubt, I doubt he's calling. Calling, it doesn't seem likely. Yeah, based on their... the But it's just an interesting thing, you know, where it's like... Also, like, if Peters moves in, is, is Bonomo snap calling? Is he tank calling? What's he doing? Is he folding? Like, it's not a good spot suddenly, you know? Yeah. So Justin gets to avoid all of that by just calling here. I also wonder if part of the re- these guys... Why this may even less of a thought process for Justin than normal is because you've got the amateur sitting there yep. too. So you're like, do I really want to like double up David Peters right now? Actually, double through. I mean, you'd be double through. Like, go out to David Peters right now when this guy's just gonna like, like, am I just gonna set thirty thousand dollars on fire? Basically, right. like, the amateur with the short stack is sitting there, and me and David are gonna go to war here. Like, when I'm not exactly sure where I am. Like, why? Yeah. Why? So th- I think that's probably a massive consideration too. Even though these guys play really big buy-in events. Yeah. I agree. So Bonomo decides just to call. And to remind you all, it's a three of hearts, four of hearts, ten of spades flop with a jack of clubs on the turn. Bonomo's got king jack off and Peters has five, six of spades for the open ender. Yep. So the pot is now 1.24 million and the river is the six of clubs. Yeah. So no flush draws have come in, but Peters makes a pair with his six. It's not like a happy pair. It is a sad pair, but it's suddenly something. Now he can beat some things. Yeah. But not a lot of things. He can beat like ace queen if ace queen played this way. All the straight ace draws. King. King queen if they played this way. Yeah. Maybe Bonomo has some flush draws that played this way, but that's really unlikely, I feel. Um, like if he's going to raise something on the turn as a semi bluff, mm-hmm. flush draws feel like the thing. Pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's mostly like what you're saying. Yeah. Ace queen, ace king, king queen. I don't think he can have king nine unless it's hearts, right? I don't think he's going to call king nine. What about queen chart. nine? Queen nine, I guess he yeah. can have. Yeah. That's really plays the same as king queen. Almost. Almost the same. So those are the things that make sense that the six now beats. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't bet, though. No, Peters decides he's got enough showdown value to check because all those hands are still out there, I the, suppose. I mean, if you're Peters and you bet, you're bluffing, right? Right, of course. And you can't really get Bonomo to fold the jack too frequently. Maybe you can get him to fold pocket nines or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But like that's such a small part of his range, right? Yeah. The, the pocket pairs between sixes and ten. Right. Like, Bonomo's... If Bonomo has a ten or a jack, he's probably not folding anyway. And it just seems like a bad idea to try and get him to fold that. Yeah. So Peter's checking, hoping Bonomo has some sort of ace high that he can check back and Peter's gets to win. Yeah. That like check, check. It's like, I think I win. I probably win. Yeah. I guess you could have two sevens here, but I probably win. Yeah. If Bonomo checked back a 10, I guess he might check back a 10 on the river, like on the flop. Oh yeah. After Peter sizes yeah. it up to the degree that he does. If he, if, I don't know if he has the best 10. He might, he might bet it, you know, like yeah. King, King 10 or ace 10. He might bet right after Peter's checks, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe Peters is checking. Some, Peters is going to check some jacks. Absolutely. So maybe Bonomo just checks it back after the the big sizing on the turn. Mm-hmm. So Peters checks, and Bonomo has one point six million left. The pot is one point two four million, and this is what makes it a pretty interesting hand. Yeah. Bonomo decides to go for all of it. Yeah. He, I think a value bet obviously makes sense, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to try to get a full double here. Why do you think he's doing that? Um, I mean, first of all, he thinks he has the best hand, right? Yes. He's like pretty darn sure when Peters checks the river that Peters doesn't have King Jack beat. So that's a good start, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's like almost a hundred percent. Yeah. You feel really, really good about it as Justin. So that's number one. Um, number two, I think he, he's sitting there and he's, he's thinking like, what does it look like? I have, like, I have all the missed straight draws. Mm 
and I have some jacks. What else do I have? Like, I don't really have much else that's going all in here. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess he has aces and kings and queens a little bit. Okay. Maybe he has a little bit of that. And maybe he has some sets that he played yeah. super weird. Yeah. A few of those, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, like, also he's got a lot of straight draws. He's got a lot of straight draws and some flush draws. He's probably not going to... He's going to play some flush draws like this. Maybe he just thinks if Peters is going to call a half-pot bet, he's going to call this bet, too, and that Peters is going to treat him similarly or even be more apt to call this bigger bet, which has got to be part of it, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be... We could never know what level... Like, trying to analyze a leveling award doesn't make any sense, yeah. but there could be some level involved where it's about like do you really want to do this right now with the amateur sitting over there yeah and trying to say like i can be bluffing more because i'm asking you that question mm-hmm. you know so all right what is this designed to get called by weaker worst jacks. jacks for sure weaker jacks tens are going to consider it tens are going to consider it that's it i mean yeah. i think i think as bottom you're like oh he's got a ten or a jack like, right if you he has a, anything yeah and you know like queen jack is going to really have to strongly consider calling i think queen jack is calling yeah and all the jacks are have, gonna have to strongly consider calling yeah because peter's range is relatively weak and he's got to call with something like we like to say and he gets to block top pair that way at least that helps a little bit like yeah. it's not as great having a 10 no especially a 10 that doesn't like have a nice friend with it you know like if you have queen 10 at least you block queen jack i mean you know, that's like a reasonable hand that Justin could have. Yeah. Like, but if you have like 10, seven suited, well, you're blocked Jack seven. Like who cares? Like bottom is usually not going to, I don't think bottom is going to show up with Jack seven very often. Um, you, you know, based on like the preflop play. Um, so meh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we're calling, maybe we're folding some tens and calling with some jacks. You're, you're assuming it's Justin. So yeah. you're really just targeting like the, the, the jack which there aren't very many of but whatever like and maybe some heroes because you size it the way you did and because of the situation where it's like i you know you won't be out david peters but you will be crippled if you call this and you don't have to be like so suck it you know (laughs) and and, you know maybe also part of it i wonder if the, the lower stakes of this tournament actually plays into this a little bit maybe um coming back to something we sometimes talk about in this podcast when you and i play like the friendly home game that we play sometimes, which was like, you know, twice a year or something with, with yeah. our pals. And we play, what, what's, what are the six, five cent, 10 cent? Yep. I mean, they're insanely small. And uh, like, I absolutely have called, I've raised to three blinds and called hundred blind shoves by you. Just, you just shove like immediately yeah. with like King Jack off because, because fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do I care? Like I'm not, $10 is not going to make me fold any kind of a reasonable hand to you, you son of a bitch. You know, it's a little different though. This is real money. This, I mean, like, of course it is, yeah. but but relative for, for these guys, first place is two buy-ins to a lot of their tournaments, also. Right, right? but it's not the equivalent of five cent, ten cent for us. Of course it isn't. Yeah. But I'm, but you know, no one's going all in for a hundred blinds over a three blind raise either. Like no. Justin's betting one point three times the pot, right? But I'm saying like maybe there's a little bit of, in there of like, do you even really care? Like, <laughs> you know, do either of us really care? And maybe Justin's trying to take advantage of both the way Justin may be seen as not caring as much, or maybe David may be seen as not caring. You know, if either one of them cares a little bit less, then you may either get more, a few more calls from David or a few more bluffs from Justin. It may be that, or they might both be perfect poker robots that would never think that way. That's absolutely right. And yeah. in fact, I would lean towards that. Yeah. But it's possible that's this other thing. These guys might be the two most robotic poker players there are. Christoph saying, Oh, yeah, he's pretty, but he's, he's like, number one. No, but he smiles. He smiles, yes, but as okay. So his AI has an upgrade. But Bonomo smiles a little. No, he doesn't. No, David Peters never smiles. David Peters. David, I'm going to start calling him Sleepy David Peters because that's what he looks <laughs> like. Okay. Sleepy David. 
<laughs> so what do you think about this? So we're ta- I'm sort of giving my thoughts about what Bonomo's doing and why. What are your thoughts about all this? I think uh, it's kind of cool because it looks like he's shoving a depolarized range, a polarizing sizing. But I think mm-hmm. based on the flop check, this actually can be part of the polarized range. So it's like Bonomo has accurately assessed his range and his own range based on the flop check and decided that this is actually North Pole enough to be part of the big bet sizing. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think from Bonomo's point of view, anytime he isn't snap called, he knows he's good. Yeah. Like the, if, if like Peters is a hundred percent calling within the first seven seconds. If it's ace Jack, right. Oh he's yeah. Like, for sure. He's like rolls his eyes. Like I call like, yeah. do you actually have it? You know, like I'm obviously not folding this. Hand, yeah, you know? of course. So it's so, so unlikely for Peters to have ace. Of Jack, course though. it is. But I'm just saying like ace Jack or better. Like, yeah. like it's all going to be snap called. And, but everything that isn't a snap call, Justin's beating, which is, which is a kind of a fair way of uh, describing a polarized range in some yeah. way, you know, or polarize the the north end of the polarized range. Yeah. The All right. So Peters goes into the tank. Yes. He's not he's not ready to fold, even though the size he might have been in check call mode if Bonomo was going to bet like 450k, but that's not what happened. Um, so he's got to think about this one. He's just got a six, so he's got to think what are the value and what are the bluffs. And if if he knew that Bonomo was capable of doing this with King Jack, he might fold right now, like in the, early in the tank. Hmm. But if he's thinking like Bonomo has to have better than that, that becomes problematic I mean, for does, Bonomo if Bonomo's bluffing. There's other questions I would have too as Peters. Like, does Bonomo ever have hands like Ace Five suited or something like that? Where now we blocked that a little bit, I know. Yeah. But but Ace Five suited where Bonomo like checks back the flop with his gutter and his Ace High calls the turn because there's a lot of straight draws, um, and he's in position. And and then on the river when Peters checks, he's like, oh, you're not bluffing. You actually checked. Yeah. You have something. Now I have to blow you off it. I'm wondering, from Peter's point of view, if Bonomo can have that. And even from Bonomo's point of view. Yeah, that's Bonomo a pretty good that. hand to, to think about that I hadn't been thinking about. Ace five or ace deuce suited. Hands yeah. like that. And maybe even just some other aces that aren't gut shots that he might check back sometimes. I don't know. Like, yeah. what if he has ace seven suited or ace seven off even? Like, he just checks the flop, calls the turn because I'm not just folding. And now here we are in the room. And he's like, oh, when you check, you just have a pair, right? You have one yeah. pair all day and I'm just going to make you fold. I don't know. I don't know how much of that he has. If he has any reasonable amount of that, now we have to start thinking about calling. Yeah, for sure. Because then you add in the ace king and ace queen and king queen type hands, which right. feel like they don't have any showdown value when Peters checks the river after sizing it that way on the turn. Right, right. And like, I mean, once in a while, Peters is just giving up, but then it doesn't matter if you move it. Yeah. Right? It's all the same. I mean, if Bonomo... So what, which, what's the worst jack you think Bonomo's doing this for value with? Great question. My initial hit is queen jack. Like, I don't think he's moving all in with jack nine. I agree. Feels like a little too ambitious. All right, so let's do some combinatorial work here. Great. So Queen Jack's the bottom. Okay. That's 12 combos. King Jack, another 12 combos. So yeah, this 20- is all from Peter's point of view, of course. From Peter's point of view, yes. Yep, 12 so combos of those. 24 combos that like make sense all the way through. Ace Jack is the same. Ace Jack is the same. That's right? 36. 36 combos that make sense all the way through for value. Yeah. Right? The rest of the combos of value are going to make less sense all the way through. Like sets, you can't give them all the combos Not even sets. close. Like so... Of the three, of the four flopped and turn sets, let's say. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll give him, like, what, three total combos or that, something? Even that feels, honestly, optimistic. So, But let's be optimistic. Okay, fine. So he's up to 39. Fine. You're and right, it doesn't matter that much. Then he's got aces, kings, and queens, which is 18 combos, but we certainly can't give him all the combos of those either. No way. Flop. No way are we going to give him all the so combos. So we're going to give him, what, another three combos of those? Something sure. like that? Sure. So we're at 42. Then we have jack 10 which is nine combos, but is not going to raise preflop all the time and is going to bet the flop a lot. So 
we give him what one combo of that to give two? Him two to two. So we're at forty four combos of value. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, with a lot of subjective stuff thrown in there because we have to make some guesswork. I mean, Justin could have things like you know Jack three suited where he flops a pair and then turns turns Jackson he's, threes. Yeah, he's probably not going to raise pre flop a ton with hands like that. Yeah, I agree. Same but with he Jack have a, ten. He could have a little bit of that though. Yeah. But I mean, fine. We, we give him like one or two combos right. for that. So we go to like 45 combos. So we have 44. We'll add like a little bit yeah. of like stuff we wouldn't expect. So we yeah. get to something like 45 combos. Right. Yeah. 45 combos of value. Of value. All right. So the bluffs that make sense, the ones that make the most sense in my mind are, are ace king, ace queen, and king queen. But that's assuming he just like ace king and ace queen. He might check back thinking he's good sometimes. I don't think he will ever. Not when Peter's bets 375 on the turn and checks the river. Hmm. If he's checking back, it's a give up. He's not expecting to win. Okay. Yeah, Peters is going to bet his bluffs most of the time on that board, right? Yeah. When just Although when Justin calls that big, Peters may be like, all right, never mind, you know? Like, Justin calling a big bet on the turn. I feel like Justin has some pretty easy check backs that aren't those hands. Such as? Like po- the threes? pairs and, between six and uh, ten and any ten. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I feel like those are, are squarely in the bluff range. Okay. If you don't want to give them all 48 combos, we can give them most hands, of them. We can give them, like, 35. Great. And you can see where we're going with this already if we're giving 35 combos of yeah of those. Uh, by the way, king-queen feels like more like a clear right. uh, uh, bluff. And, then there, and if there's some queen-nine in there, we got to add some queen-nine in there. Yeah. Now, some of those are going to raise the turn, though. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. And so we should, we should be mindful of that and remove some combos because of that. Well, we've already removed a bunch down to 35. We can remove some more if you want. Yeah, I think we should remove a little bit more. Like so, the king-queens and the queen-nines may, may raise the turn sometimes. Okay. So 28. Great. Something like that. Sure. So we're currently at 45 for value, 28 bluffs, but we're not done with the bluffs. Right. Then we have maybe some ace five and ace deuce type hands like you were saying before. And maybe just some other ace high and hands. And maybe some other ace highs. Maybe, so- maybe some flush draws that you decide to check back, which yeah. are less likely. I mean, we're going to end up with like calling is fine, basically, is what we're going to end up with. Feels like we're really on that train. Yeah. I mean, I think we're already there when we get to 28 combos. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Justin's good enough that he should make it so calling isn't super easy with a lot of hands, right? Like, if Justin's like if Justin's trying to sometimes fold out a 10 here, it shouldn't be easy to call with the 6. So, right. I don't know if he has as many bluffs as we're talking about, but but maybe he just does. Maybe maybe it's maybe it doesn't matter because it's situational. You got the amateur with the short stack yeah. sitting there, and it isn't David Peter's life, but it's it's like going to put... If Peter's calls and loses, which he will... If he calls, he will lose... Um, Peters is going to be down very short now, right? He's going to yep. have like nine blinds or something, yep. eight blinds, and he's going to be absolutely the favorite to go out next. Yeah, and that stuff does matter to these guys, right? A little bit, even right. if it's a thirty thousand dollars difference, it matters. The, the thing that's so wonderful about Nolan and Holdem and poker in general is that we can assign all these combos and have a a, a very clear cut mathematical answer, but that answer is based on subjective stuff. So much subjective it's stuff. Like, maybe Bonham was always see betting ace king. Or like right. doing it a lot, you know. Maybe Bottomo's betting all his medium pocket pairs because that's a pretty good flop for yeah. them. Maybe, but yeah. I mean, I just don't know. It's 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 honestly like being an economist. Yeah, you know, where like if everything was in a vacuum, this is the answer, but nothing is ever in a vacuum. Right. So we're making a million assumptions, and that's why we can all disagree on everything. Yep. You know. Uh, yeah. But so we're going with best guess here, and Peter's best guess is similar to our first best guess because he ends up calling, so he must give Bonimo all of those bluffs. I don't hate the call at all. I will yeah. say on first blush, I mean, having done the combos even more so, I didn't hate it before that. Yeah. Like, what is Bonimo? I'd be just like, what are you really supposed to have, man? Like, you have a monster jack or better? Like, 
that's kind of all you can do this with, right? Like, right. come on. You just don't have very many of those. And he probably doesn't. Yeah. But he had it this time. He did. He did. And uh, Peter's calls, I don't blame him. I don't know if I would have called. I wouldn't have taken the time to do the combos probably in my head. Yeah. Maybe I would have, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of it really comes back to, and this is the subjective stuff, like what is Justin checking back on this flop? Like that really matters for this it matters. whole so conversation. The flop check is really the whole thing. Yeah. Because when he calls, he calls a big bet on the turn, so now he has something. Yeah. Almost always. But it could be as bad as ace high, like we're saying. Right. Maybe even just an ace high with no straight draw. It could draw. be as bad as queen high. Could have queen nine, you know? Right. But at least that's a straight draw. Yeah. Like I'm saying the ace sevens of the world. Oh, right, It's right. possible he decides to just call with ace seven once, you know? Yeah. Like it's not crazy to call with ace high on the turn. Yeah. Even though it's pricey. It's not crazy. Anyway, that, that one really hurts Peters. Takes him down to about nine blinds, like you said, and he ultimately goes out third, and Justin Bonomo wins, as you would probably expect once this hand occurs. I mean, the thing that's awesome about this hand, really, is that Bonomo does go for the gusto against Peters, and he probably knows Peters is the kind of guy who can make this call, too. Like You're some doing all sorts can't. of Ali Najad. That's what Ali Najad always says. Oh, does he really? Goes for the gusto. I yeah. didn't know I was doing Ali Najad that time. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm not doing Ali Najad. That's just a common phrase that we're both saying. I've only ever heard Ali Najad say it in reference to poker. Okay, but who cares? Like, that's a thing that people say, right? I mean, not a lot. Yeah. Maybe if you're a big dork, you say that. So who is being hurtful now? I am. Yeah. It's time to pay you back. Remember, remember the whole grind my gears thing? Yeah. This is so what happens now, when the gears get so ground. This, <laughs> so you just respond with like, like with like. That's your move. Eye for an eye, buddy. That is a, that's a bad philosophy for you to take on, my friend. Why would you say well, that? Well, think about what happens next. You're, you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> we're going to fight after this podcast. Finally, we're going to have fisticuffs. It's, really been building it's about time <laughs> it's like eight years of freaking frustration <laughs> <laughs> let's fight all right we're gonna put put down these microphones and okay. put on some boxing gloves